You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, and I know that for some of you, it might be really tough to listen to the podcast after the Bears lose 10-3 to to the Packers on Thursday Night Football to open up things. There's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to try to do this as, as expeditiously as I can. Shout out to T.I. Um, there's a lot here to discuss. I think I'm going to save the quarterback stuff for a little bit later on in the pod but trust mitchell trubisky is going to be a big portion of today's podcast as you can imagine he probably was a big portion of your uh, conversation about the bears while you were watching the game i'm recording this i just got home from our football after show over on nbc sports chicago it was a lot of fun especially to have olin in the building I sometimes I'll go to the score studio and just do it there. I just wanted to go home today after the game. There was a lot that went into it. And it's one of the things I was saying on the air, that there's an emotional investment that was happening these past few days as the NFL descends on Chicago, as everyone is, is coming here and making this thing feel very big. I got a reminder from Olin Cruz today, and I'm going to pass it along to you about the idea of this just being one game. And I know that it feels bigger than one game for a couple of reasons. One, it's the, the opener. You're, you're kicking off the season. It's Thursday night. You throw that into the mix. The entire league is watching. The entire football world is watching. It's the 100th anniversary of the NFL. You just had George Hallis's statue, Walter Payton's statue put up this week. It has been an extremely emotional week for Bears fans who are still stinging from what happened against the Philadelphia Eagles last year. So I understand some of the 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 heightened emotion and I want to tell you that while it's okay to feel something, it's completely okay for you to 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 feel bad about the way that the bears look because offensively they looked horrendous absolutely horrendous but i want you to keep in mind that part of the reason that you feel this way is because of a heightened sense of emotion that was building some of it is is through no faults of your own And some of it is completely on the feelings that everyone around the Bears had because it felt like unfinished business. It felt like the Bears left money on the table last year when they lost to Philadelphia. But let me tell you something about that Philadelphia game. A lot of people have said it. I don't feel like I'm I'm necessarily breaking new ground here. But the Parky miss covered up a lot of stuff if you go back and even if it's just looking at what the bears did in the first half or the first three quarters 
of that game, you're seeing a trend, and the trend is moving in the wrong direction. The Bears' offense hasn't looked great in a few games, and this was really kind of the just the the it, it the way that they played just made everything feel terrible. If you look at the 2018 Bears, and people were very excited. They should have been because for the first time in a long time, the Bears were back. And it's fun when the Bears are back. When the Bears are, are good, man, the city is amazing. You saw it this week. This is what happens when the Bears are good. When the Bears are good, the city of, of, of Chicago becomes a, a central hub for the NFL. They wanted to put the, the, the Bears on display. But let's talk about what happened at the end of the season with the Bears. You had bad offensive performances, even in games they won. The game against the Rams, they weren't good on offense. They beat the Packers at Soldier Field, and that was a big game. They weren't good on offense against the 49ers. They were better against the Vikings, but they weren't, they weren't great on offense for most of that game against the Eagles. They deserved to get beat, and they got beat. But a lot of the focus out of Hallis Hall, too, by the way, a lot of the focus has been on, well, the kicking, that's the thing that kept the Bears from moving on into the playoffs and maybe going to the Super Bowl. Instead of talking about ineffective offense, decision-making, and play calling. So let's talk about some of those things as it happened in the game against the Packers. Matt Nagy has a lot to answer for. I... And to so that I can go on the record, I like Matt Nagy a lot. I think he's a smart dude. I think sometimes he's too smart for his own good. And you saw it on third and one when he gave the ball to Cordell Patterson. I get it. It's a new toy. You're trying to do things. You're trying to improve on stuff. You're trying to use him the same way that Bill Belichick used him. He's uh, an exciting, versatile player, so it gives you opportunity to do that. You drafted a running back with your first pick, someone that you feel really high on, someone who has the reputation of breaking tackles, of not going down on first contact. You drafted that guy. You also brought in a free agent veteran running back that you thought was going to be able to help your team. And... You have an explosive player in Tariq Cohen. All three of those would have been better options on third and one than Patterson. It's too cute by half. It's what we like to call on my show Panda Plays. You know, Panda Bear. Too cute. Some of the decision-making defies logic. For example, the Bears go for it on fourth and 10 instead of trying a 51 yard field goal here's the thing i was walking around soldier field before the game you couldn't have asked for better kicking conditions than what you got at soldier field so you have to ask yourself this question if you are not confident that your kicker can make it from 51 yards on a night where there is no real wind, 
not some snowstorm, just a nice cool night with light winds. Less than 10 miles an hour. Should that kicker be on your roster? Straight up and down. If you can't trust that person to make a kick in almost perfect outdoor conditions. The only thing that would have made it more perfect to kick tonight is if the game was in Denver or Mexico City. That's the only way it would have been better because you would have had the added advantage of altitude. But that's crazy to me. There were some bad decisions by Matt Nagy in this game. Offensively, some of this stuff didn't make sense. Now, let's give Green Bay a ton of credit. Mike Pettin put together a game plan that absolutely confused Mitchell Trubisky. I did a hit on our sister station in Milwaukee. The, the And they're, they're so good. I love talking with those guys up there. And I said, they asked me about Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball. And I said, the over-under on Mitch throwing passes is 27 and a half. If he throws over 27 and a half times, that probably means that the Bears are playing from behind. So, Trubisky, in this game, 26 of 45. For 228 yards, he was sacked five times. He ended up with a quarterback rating of 62.1. That's not the scary part. You want to know the scary part? In the fourth quarter. And realize that it was never more than a one-possession game. It was never more than a one-possession game. This is the breakdown of plays between the two teams. Or between with the Bears offense. They threw the ball 23 times. They ran it no times. I am not one of these people that is here to tell you that the best way to win football in the NFL is to have a 50-50 split of run pass. I think this is a pass first league. But at no point in this game was it more than a one possession lead by Green Bay. And they completely abandoned the run. They just abandoned it. Now, when they did run the ball, they did not run it effectively. And maybe that played a role in why Matt Nagy abandoned it. You want to hear the Russian numbers? They're terrifying. Not just the yards, but the attempts. Four guys got carries in this game. And you figure with Mike Davis and David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen that you would you would have a little bit of that, right? Here's the breakdown. Mike Davis had five carries for 19 yards. David Montgomery got six carries for 18 yards. Mitchell Trubisky carried the ball three times for 11 yards. Cordero Patterson, one carry, negative two yards. Notice anyone's name is missing? I do. Tariq Cohen, no carries for Tariq Cohen in the game. Now, Tariq Cohen got 10 targets, and he had eight receptions in the game for 49 yards. 
it's not enough touches if you don't think that that guy is explosive. And again, I go back to the Philadelphia game and one of the criticisms of the Philadelphia game, and I think it's a valid criticism, is that in the second half, Matt Nagy forgot who Tariq Cohen was and didn't get him touches. And now you don't get him any runs. You don't give those runs away to one to one of the guys and then you completely don't do it in the fourth quarter at all you just take a quarter and say nope we're not doing that we're not let me take a time time out here and, and before i get to the quarterback because i would like to talk about the bears defense for a minute i would like to talk about how well they're doing you're hearing me like i'm flipping through the box score now you had guys on this Bears defense that balled out. They kept Aaron Rodgers, even though it was a new system, they kept Aaron Rodgers to 213 yards. 213 and 10 points. That's all they got. You're supposed to win those games. Aaron Rodgers has done this three times in his career where he's won with 10 points or less. Two of those games have been a bit, a been against your Chicago Bears. Roy Robertson Harris, incredible game from the word go. Fun fact about Roy Robertson Harrison Harris. I always want to say Harrison. He played 69 snaps on defense in the preseason. Now there are a bunch of other guys that didn't play a lot of snaps. But he was noticeable on defense. He was wrecking the Packers' offensive line. It was great to watch him play. He played great. Leonard Floyd was amazing. And the thing that I loved about Leonard Floyd is that Leonard Floyd, and I pointed it out to the guys, I don't know if I've ever seen Leonard Floyd make a sack the way that he had when he beat Bakhtiari a bull rush straight into your chest. Usually Leonard Floyd is, is kind of known for being the, well, he's, he's the guy with the speed. He's going to beat a guy around an edge or, you know, maybe put a move on a guy, an outside move, and then dip back inside and, and get to the quarterback. Nope, not this. On this one, he ran right through Bakhtiari to get to Aaron Rodgers, and he got him down on the ground. Five sacks total for the Bears defense in this game. I, I thought that they played really well. They gave they gave the Bears offense a chance to 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 try and do something late in this game and it just wasn't enough. And I'm sure those guys will say, well we should have not given up any points, but come on, fam. It's the most talented quarterback in the league. And that their offense was clunky. Their offense was absolutely clunky. But I think part of the reason that their offense was clunky wasn't just because it was new, but it was because the Bears' defense put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and they shut down the run of the Packers. So kudos to the Bears' defense, and I'm sure that everyone on that Bears' defense doesn't want the kudos. They'll just go back to work and get ready for the next game against Denver. But I wanted to to make sure that we talked about them, talk about the game that Akeem Hicks had, because I thought he played great. Roy Robertson-Harris, the, the game that he played, it, it was great. Roquan Smith, man, 
that dude, he is fun to watch. He was rallying to the ball again, had a tackle for loss. Love it. Absolutely love it. Aaron Rodgers threw for 203 yards. He was 18 of 30. Did just enough. Made one big play. Jimmy Graham, jump ball over Deion Bush. And you end up with a 10-3 loss. Let's also talk about the Bears not being disciplined. And I don't know if that's from not playing in the preseason or what, but they had over 100 yards of penalties in the game. And silly ones, too. When you do that and you don't convert on third down, the conversion for the Bears on third down, 3 of 15, 20%. Now, Matt Nagy, after the game, I heard him talking. He was saying all this stuff is inexcusable, and he's right. Like, it's it's not who we are. That's what, what they say, and I, I, they probably need to believe that because they need to do their jobs. They need to flush the game and, and put it away. But there was some horrific stuff that happened with their quarterback today. Mitchell Trubisky struggled mightily in the game. It wasn't just the interception at the end, but my goodness, when he is in an offensive rut and can't get the ball to anybody else, he will go to Allen Robinson. So much so that he will lock on to Allen Robinson. And if you look to see what happened on that particular play, he locked on to Allen Robinson and didn't let go. He put the ball in the air, and Adrian Amos knew exactly where it was going to go. He actually said in the postgame that he recognized the look, and my guys, when they were looking at it, Alex and Lance and Olin and, and, and um, Matt Forte, they all said he locked, he locked on. So it, you don't even have to worry about reading the key. You know where the quarterback's going because he won't get off of, of one receiver. I was watching when I got back home, like I flipped on the TV before I started. I just needed the company. And I was watching Steve Young on ESPN and he went in on Mitch and he was right. He's like, that was a high school throw. That's what high school quarterbacks do. They lock on in a situation like that and throw that pick. He was terrible, period. That's really all that needs to be said. I don't know if he's going to, going to, be better. I know that he's going to try. He talks about it all the time, but you would expect that the quarterback would look better than that. And I don't mean the bears winning. I don't mean that. I mean, do you look like you're taking that next step? I can make the argument that he took a step backwards in this game, locking on the receivers, missing wide open receivers not having a good grasp of of the offense. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't know the offense. He knows it way better than I do. I'm talking about getting guys out of the huddle, not having to take penalties. Some really sloppy stuff from Trubisky, stuff that you can't have at this point. If you're considering yourself to be a Super Bowl team, you can't have some of this stuff happen. And granted, the Packers' defense is better 
than the last time the Bears saw them. They've made upgrades as far as personnel goes. And Adrian Amos, I was saying this on the air, I like him as a player. Um, Usually pass coverage is not what he's great at. He was great at it tonight and coming up with the interception after recognizing something and then reacting to it. But I found him to be a more than competent safety for the Bears. I just thought that he wasn't a ball hawk, that he was a guy that would come down in the box and thump you. But to me, that's a perfect compliment for Eddie Jackson, that you have the kind of stay-at-home safety and you have the risk-taker. To me, it makes perfect sense. He's a better tackler than HaHa Clinton Dix. By the way, I didn't think HaHa played poorly. I thought he was fine. I, I mean, the Bears' defense was really good. Uh, Clinton Dix had five tackles in this game. I mean, the, the Bears' defense was out there cracking last uh, last night. I'm stuck in the middle because, like, after midnight, but it's still the same day to me as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, back to Mitch. He wasn't very good. The Bears' offense wasn't very good. And I'm I'm hopeful, for Bears fans' sake, that they can fix some of this stuff. But it leads to a lot of questions about how this team prepared, how they got ready. And I think you score it one and one right now. Last year, because the offense looked really good initially in the game against the Packers, and in the second half it did not look very good. And then this year your offense looked putrid coming out. You scored three points. I'm going to say it's one and one. So now we're going to have to go through some of this stuff next year on whether or not Matt Nagy is going to play his guys in the preseason. He said in the postgame press conference that he has to trust his gut, and he does. That brought him success last year, so maybe you don't change things just because things went bad. But his quarterback went bad tonight. Throws behind, bad decision-making Throws that should have been picked off. Mitch got away with a lot of that stuff last year. There were a lot of near interceptions. And I know if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. He got away with three tonight. And then he didn't. So what happens when defenses get guys who can catch? What happens when guys make plays on the ball? What's he going to do? What are the Bears going to look like when those things are converted and turned into points? He had a couple of moments, a couple of big throws down the middle, and some throws to Allen Robinson who balled out yet again. He looks like he's all the way back from the ACL, and I couldn't be happier for him. But my goodness, the Bears offense looked It looked John Fox bad, and there were errors everywhere. The offensive line made mistakes. Charles Leno with back-to-back penalties on plays. You end up in a second and 40. Matt Nagy was like, I don't have anything in the playbook for that. You think? You're damn right you don't have anything in the playbook for that. That's not supposed to happen. They just kept going backwards. 
it is a disappointing loss, and there is a lot for the Bears to get done over the next 10 days. And just let me tell you, I don't think the Broncos can score points, and I'm looking forward to watching them Monday night to see what they do against the Raiders. I, I don't trust Joe Flacco at this point in his career, but I know that their head coach was probably watching the game tonight. And I'm sure that he was taking notes and going, ooh-wee, I got some stuff that I am going to do in this game to Mitchell Trubisky. So there is a, a deep concern that Pedden took the lessons from last year of playing the, the Bears twice. He figured some stuff out. They improve personnel, and and boom. You know what the Broncos have that the, the, the Packers don't really have? Pass rushers. And the, and the Packers got home five times. Broncos got some dudes, man. And Vic, it's a little scary. So I know that I'm going to talk about this on the radio show. I know that it's going to be a topic of conversation over the weekend as well. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Bears lose 10 to 3. Oh, what a horrible way to start things off in the 2019 season. But they did lose the opener to Green Bay last year, and then they were still able to win 12 games. I will say that this year it looks like they're their schedule is a lot rougher, especially after you get back from London, the five games after that. But now the most important game is the game against Denver and, and Vic Fangio. We'll see how it goes. By the way, shout out to Chuck Pagano. I had some questions about how him, how he was going to call a game. And I thought he called a great game on defense. Defense balled out. The offense was nowhere to be found. Three points. That's all you score. Three points. Not enough. Thanks for listening.